Hi, everybody. Welcome back, listeners, to the Job Pod. Um, today, we're going to be looking at what the day-to-day life and some of the challenges of being a teacher today are in the modern world. Um, so today on a podcast, we have another good friend of mine, uh, Miss Jolene Bell, who you might be familiar with. Hi, Jolene. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hello. How are you? Doing well. How about yourself? <coughs> good, thank you. Um, I'm, I'm, I can't say I'm a fan of the social distancing teaching, but... Uh, Considering all, I'm COVID-free and it's all good. That's true. And that's uh, kind of the main thing that we're all focusing on right now is, you know, everybody staying in good health and everybody um, getting through this together. I think this is genuinely a situation where we are in this together and we all got to work together to some degree. But anyways, uh, we'll kind of continue on. So I just got a couple questions just about your you know career and some of the challenges, maybe some work-life balance we can talk about here. But um just a uh, quick question, just a little uh, quick, easy question here. How long have you been teaching for? Oh, gosh. I feel like I started teaching yesterday, but the reality is, uh, based on all the gray hair that's coming in now, I have been teaching for 23 years. Oh, boy, 23 years. So how have things kind of changed in that 23 years? I guess right now might be a really good example of technology and how um, needed it is currently, but... Maybe yeah, that's just well, one example. 23 years ago when I started teaching, I didn't have a cell phone. Um, I graduated from university in 1997 with my first degree in education, and I started teaching that September, and I didn't have a cell phone. Um, when I walked into my first classroom at Valley Gardens Junior High, teaching grades 7 and grade 8 for a term, I didn't have a computer in my room, and I didn't have any computers to use to do research with my kids. So we were still in that zone where if we were to do research projects or any sort of learning that required resources, we went to the good old library, and we got out encyclopedias, and we got out books, and we did our research that way. Um about maybe five, six years into teaching, we started getting computer labs. Mm. And then when I moved over to Robert Andrews, uh, probably about 10 or 12 years into my teaching career, we, I got my own computer in a classroom. And now that's all evolved to we don't have computer labs per se anymore. We have laptop stations, I guess, where kids can go get laptops, you bring them back to class, and you can have access there. But everything has completely changed. I feel like my career has covered such a monumental shift in how we teach, and that's all due to technology and, and the access and the use of technology. So, yeah, it, there's been a lot of significant changes for the better, um, some not so good, but overall, I think I'm trying to figure out now how to navigate using cell phones in the classroom effectively. So, yeah, which yeah. I think is a challenge that many, maybe many teachers kind of deal with and struggle with. And it's not always easy. Uh, not, yep. a, not always is it that students want to cooperate with that, but that's another topic for another time. Yeah. So um, I guess another question here for you is why did you choose to go into teaching in education? Uh, do, you, do you want the honest story? <laughs> <laughs> because it wasn't like I was like, oh, I love children mm-hmm. or, hey, I, I but, had such great teachers. But you uh, do and, and you did. Um, I honestly went to education on a complete joke. Um, in, uh, it was 1992 in spring. W.O. Miles Max talked about their arts and sciences and education program. They gave us applications. I filled mine out as a lark. I never thought I'd go to university. I'm the only one in my 
family to have a university or a couple university degrees. My parents aren't university educated. My siblings aren't. And so the concept of university was like, we're a family that just doesn't do that. And so I applied as a joke and I didn't think that I would get in. And I got in. (laughs) Interesting. Oh, I guess I'm going to be a teacher now. Interesting. And it's funny because I, I honestly, I often think how lucky I was that that happened to me and I just fell into that. So, so then maybe a little bit more of a personal question here. Um, so why stick with it? Like it was kind of a joke and you, you went along with it. Obviously you thoroughly enjoy your job. You wouldn't be doing it if you didn't. Yeah, um, I do. I really do enjoy my job. I, I, I do think I, I get excited driving into work. It sounds nerdy after 23 years of, of grinding at it and and it is a grind teaching can it can be and is a grind but I I get excited getting up in the morning going into work and I think primarily I enjoy just the interaction with the kids and watching how they think and how they process things and how they say things and I always kind of get a chuckle and then when they get that aha moment and that you're part of that you know helping them figure out that process to get to that to that answer it's it's fun. And then you see these kids grow, like, especially when I was in middle years from September to, to June, you really saw how within 10 months kids could change and grow and mature. And often more, more times than not often for the better. Right. So I enjoy it. And, and the connections that I've made with kids over the years that have continued on since they've left my classroom, I've, I've enjoyed, I think more the people aspect and component of it. And then it also sounds nerdy too. I love history. I love English. I love reading. I love learning about that. And then I love trying to break it down and try to get kids excited about that. Yeah. That's kind of a nerdy academic component, but I do. I love, I, if I worked as an accountant, I couldn't really study history, you know, and, and yeah. I love that. I think that's so fun. I think it's so cool. It would serve less of a purpose to you to do it as an accountant. Yeah. You know, this has yeah. purpose and it has a practical application and, No, but I think that's awesome. I think, you know, often in teaching our, not reward, but students obviously maybe don't realize things right at the time. Like I think about some of my own teachers and coaches and, you know, experiences I had 10, 12, 15 years ago. And often some of the lessons learned are, you know, further into retrospect. It's like, oh, I see what that person was trying to do. I see what that, why that was so important or, wow, I really learned something that stuck with me there. Like whether it's a phrase or a saying or, you know, a yeah. way that I live my life, but or yeah, like no. Attitude, a shift in perspective. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's more than just the content and the curriculum that you have to deliver. Right. Yeah, absolutely. No. Um, so you talked a little bit briefly about, you know, the process of getting into education and how that all happened and, you know, <laughs> on a lark, how that kind of happened and everything. So what do you think some of the challenges were in the process of becoming uh, a teacher? I mean, obviously, you know, in my experience, teaching has been in university, you're not going to get a job. You're going to have to move to get a job. You're, you're, you know, going to have to sub for three or four years before you are, you know, employed for a long period of time. So what are some of the challenges that maybe you faced uh, in becoming a teacher, whether that was in university or, you know, kind of shortly after or? Um, I think some of the challenges that I heard is, or, or not heard, but that I experienced was the same thing that you experienced. I graduated in 97. 
there were no job positionings um, that were opening. Um, it was a pretty tight lockdown profession to get into. A lot of it in those days was still kind of based on who you knew to kind of get a foot in the door. Um, again, I had another horseshoe kind of in my back pocket in that I just was in the right place at the right time and I just kind of snuck in. But looking at kids graduating these days, I think some of the challenges and obstacles are again um, the, the lack of job positions that are there. I think some of the challenges are maybe, if you want to look at it from a, a university point of view, maybe not accurately prepping kids for the rigors of what teaching entails. Because um, I know when I graduated and I was, I was put into a classroom on my own for the first time, I was like, whoa, like the learning trajectory is steep, right? Mm. And I think there's even more expectations and responsibilities put on teachers now than there was 23 years ago. So it, just the rigor and the stamina, I think it can be a very daunting obstacle to overcome when you do, if you get a job. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I, I think also some of the, the problems are that, that newer teachers might face is maybe I still think the universities are a little bit antiquated in their approach to teaching education and how to teach teachers. Mm -hmm. A lot of them is very, a lot of those classes are steeped in curriculum and how to address the curriculum. And you know what, you need more strategies in how to maybe class manage, um, how to talk to kids effectively and, and wording and phrasing so you don't crush a kid in their spirit and soul. Um, you know, curriculum will come but it's, it's, it's all the other moving parts that I don't necessarily think that the universities are doing a good job in prepping the kids on. So, again, throwing a kid into a new classroom, it's, that is another thing that's very daunting and overwhelming. So, yeah. And also now with COVID and all this stuff that's happening now, I think this is going to kind of derail a couple, not a couple, but several teachers in retirement plans and the economy and economics. And so I think that window that kind of maybe was a little bit opening for retirements and opening of positions is just going to close up a little bit for another couple of years. Mm -hmm. so, that would yeah. make sense just based on everything that's happening. Yeah. So what would you say your day-to-day -day work looks like, or what does that entail? Day-to-day uh, -day work. Well, hmm, I can kind of narrow it down, because every day is a little bit different, but the kind of status quo would be, it sounds kind of crazy, but I'm always thinking of the next day. So even though today might be Monday, I'm always thinking of what I'm doing on Tuesday. So Monday's focus is really prepping for what I'm doing Tuesday so that I can actually go home and be rested and relaxed and turn my brain off and not worry about going into school um, yeah. and not being prepared. So my days really consist of always being one or two steps ahead of the kids in curriculum and planning and what we're going to roll out and where we're going to go. So, you know, it would be coming in, I write my little check note of Oh, I do my activities with my class on my prep. I'm always thinking one to two weeks down the road and where I'm going. So that when I leave the building, um, I might bring home a little bit of marking. Or when I leave the building, I bring home nothing. And I shut off the teacher mode when I leave. 
because teaching can be an all-encompassing job and an all-consuming job, and it can really, really take up a lot of your personal time. So you've got to learn the strategies on how to balance both. So you know? I guess that leads me to my next question as a follow-up here. Um, work-life balance, is that something that you were, like, immediately when you started teaching you were able to manage, or is it something that's taken a lot of time? Like, this came up on yesterday's uh, podcast as well. Uh, just for our listeners, because I know that they're curious about work-life balance as well uh, with, you know, these varieties of jobs that we look at. It was, um, it was a learning curve and it took me a while and I'm not going to lie. Like, I don't think as a new teacher, you can walk into a first year teaching position and have the work-life balance where you shut it off at 350 and you go home. Um, I, I'm not trying to be curmudgeon I'm trying to be pragmatic and realistic here. That your first couple of years as a teacher, um, you're you're going to be going hard, and you're going to be doing a lot of planning, and it's going to be taking up being taken. It's going to take up a lot of your personal time. Um, that's just the reality of the situation, and that certainly was my situation when I when I graduated, and I see that with a lot of people who are new to the profession. But over time, it gets better because over time, you learn the tricks of the trade. You develop habits that you know are effective, that work. You know what work to take in for effective assessment and quality assessment, and you know what work was just busy work to kind of get the kids thinking about a problem. Oh, you don't boy. Do I don't know if our listeners are going to like that one. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's, um, you, you really got to figure it out. And as, as time goes on, it does get easier. And what's really great in today's teaching um, uh, environment is a lot of teachers realize how crazy the job can be. And a lot of teachers are really collaborative. And they're awesome in supporting one another and saying, I've got this. Use it. Oh, you have that? Can I borrow it? So you're not reinventing the wheel all the time. You're you're running off of ideas off of your colleagues and you're just kind of tweaking them and adapting them to what you know works for you. So eventually you will get to a point in your career where, you know what, you can shut things off at four o'clock when you leave the building. You can take that decompression time to, okay, that was work, it's done, go home, recharge, come and rest for the next day. Yeah. And I think that that's a big part of it too though that environment that you talked about that supportive environment in any kind of workplace where it's like here I'll give you this because I've done this before and you know you might need to tweak it it might need you might need to make this your own but yeah. it's a start you know it's a springboard uh, to take you maybe where you need to go right and I've done this before you know that's something that I think is super important and you know obviously you know teaching workspace specifically because who is the you know, what, who is this all about? It's about the students and the children, right? Not about, you know, well, I made this unit and you can't have it, right? It's all about, you know, the greater good of students and students learning, right? So I have one last question here for you. What do you think the best part of your job is? You might've alluded to that earlier. You know, you talked about the process of learning and seeing those aha moments, but what do you think the best part of your job is? Um, it's it's going to sound kind of, I don't know, like cliche, I guess. Maybe I think every teacher would probably say this, but it's really those connections that you make with kids. And, and there's some kids that you really, really connect with and you know that you have somehow made a difference. And it's not necessarily a difference in, in – um, you know, maybe radically shifting their perspective or point of view, but – Sometimes kids come to you, and I kind of believe in the greater universe. 
that sometimes stars align and they bring people together. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes kids are put in your class or are naturally placed in your class for a reason. And the connections that you make is really empowering. Like with this whole um, uh, distance education uh, because of COVID, I've had more kids reach out to me from my last semester and my last year's uh, grade 10 English class that started up in February um, just to reach out and say hi and just to touch base with me to see how I'm doing. And and, and them just saying, I don't see you in the hall, Miss Bell, I miss you. Oh, so that's awesome. It's, yeah, it's those connections that, uh, that I think are really important. And once you establish that connection, you get to know that kid's story, you get to know who they are and where they're from that's where the real magic starts to happen because then you can start custom tailoring their learning to their experiences and, and getting into those ideas that can be like really, really rich. So, you know, the conversations that you have with these kids and getting to know them as little people and how they grow and change, I think is really, really cool. Super, super fun. Yeah. No, that's awesome. And it's something that you kind of alluded to is those, those rich learning experiences. You said rich, you know, this could be a really rich experience for that student. And that's something that we're, you know, or that gets thrown around the education world a lot. But I think that's something that is maybe misguided or misunderstood or misrepresented is yeah. building those connections, right, with students. Yeah. And that's, it's not an easy task all the time either, right? It, it can no, be, you know, daunting and difficult. It's not an easy task, I find, especially more so in high school, just because the turnaround is that much quicker. And primarily, the vast majority of my career was in middle school, where I had kids for 10 months. Mm-hmm. Um, and high school is a quicker pace, but, um, but, but you still have to work at it in a different way. You still have to kind of troubleshoot that in a different way. Cause without those connections, um, learning will still happen, but, um, I don't know. I just think, I think, I think it could be greater and, 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 and better if you, if you really kind of can connect with a kid where they're coming from. No, absolutely. So thank you for being on the podcast today, the job pod. Um, is there any last things that you'd like to say to our listeners at home? The world always needs teachers and don't let it scare you because it is a fantastic career to go into. I love it. 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 Awesome. So thank you, Jolene, for being on the podcast today. Uh, We'll share this with our listeners shortly. Um, For all the listeners out there, keep on listening.